What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And in today's show, we'll continue our look ahead to Sunday's NFC Championship game between the Atlanta Falcons and Green Bay Packers. But first, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, and Locked On Falcons to help you get ready for Sunday. And of course, check out my work over at PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview, and Packer Report members get 10% discounts on tickets through Ticketmonster, and not just Packer tickets, Bucks tickets, Badgers tickets, uh, theme parks, theaters, you name it, 10% off, and 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics and new or renewing annual members get one year of Sports Illustrated. Over at Pack Report yesterday, uh, free some free stuff. I put together not one, not two, but four photo galleries from Green Bay against Dallas. A lot of really, really good stuff from the photographers. A fun one last look back at the game that was on Sunday. Second down, we'll be looking at the big quarterback matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. Third down. Some notes on each of the teams that I thought were pretty interesting. Fourth down, the Packers actually signed a veteran cornerback yesterday. I've been only hammering on that for about two months. Well, they did it yesterday. Don't get your hopes up. And But uh, we'll, go, we'll, of course, lead off with first down because that's what we should do, right? First will come before second, and that would be the differences. And they are stark between the teams that suited up in Week 8 when Atlanta beat the Packers 33-32. to I think I told you this yesterday. This is Green Bay's inactives list. For that game. Randall Cobb, Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, James Starks, Clay Matthews, Ty Montgomery, Jared Cook. That's the inactives list. At the time, six of those guys were starters. The only guy, the only guy who was not a starter, oddly enough, was Ty Montgomery. So what, what kind of difference do they make? Well, geez, that's 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 hard, but I'll give you some numbers anyway. Just look at Sunday's game against Dallas. Cook, six catches, 104 yards, one touchdown. Randall Cobb, a team-high seven catches for 62 yards. Ty Montgomery, 11 carries for 47 yards, six carries for 34 yards. And he had the two touchdowns rushing. So you add that together, that's 246 total yards and three touchdowns. That's pretty. Uh, it's a lot of firepower on the bench. Do you remember who the Packers' running backs were for the Atlanta game? Think about it for a minute. I'll, I'll give you a minute. Actually, I won't give you a minute. That'd be a lot of awkward silence. If, if you had, who are Don Jackson and Niall Davis, Alex? Actually, I'm not Alex. You'd be the winner. Don Jackson and Niall Davis for the Packers' running backs. Remember, Lacey had already gone on IR with the, with the ankle. Um, Starks, I believe, was a knee. 
So that was your running backs. Don Jackson, who just called up from the practice squad a couple weeks earlier, and now Davis, who the Packers traded, um, made a trade with Kansas City for a for some used or uh, previously chewed bazooka bubble gum. What if they make that anymore? Do any of you guys know bazooka bubble gum? That was awful. Not as bad as the gum though you get in your trading cards. And I was a big trading card kind of guy as a kid. Used to love football cards. That gum was awful. I'd shoot it anyway. I mean, I, you know, my grandpa always said, if they're going to give it to you, take it. So I did. And I, I'd shoot it. It was, it was never, wow, this bubble gum from Tops is the best. But anyways, so those were the running backs in that game. Obviously, Don Jackson got hurt, um, I think, the next game. He's on IR now. Davis, of course, didn't pan out. And they eventually found, found, found their running back niche with Ty Montgomery and um, Kristen Michael. Uh, Montgomery, of course, out for the Atlanta game because of the sickle cell trait that popped up in that Chicago game the week before when he had, had that breakout performance. So a little bit better off now at running back with Montgomery and Michael, or even Michael by, or even Montgomery by himself based on the Dallas game. A little bit better off at running back. Without Cobb in the last game, obviously Nelson played, but the, the other three receivers who kind of filled in, Jeff Janis, Trevor Davis, Geronimo Allison, those guys combined for nine catches, 75 yards. They each scored one touchdown. What has Cook meant to the offense? The NFL's got a really, on the NFL media site, they have a really cool um, stat called net yards over average, and it takes um, basically what does that player mean when he's on the field? So in the case of Jared Cook, when he's on the field, the average passing play goes 1.16 yards further than when he's not in the game. That is the uh, biggest difference of any player on the Packers, other than uh, Jason Spriggs, and Spriggs just has that very limited sample size. And it is number two in the league behind primary tight ends. Only Rob Gronkowski beat Cook as far as impact in that stat. And without Randall and Rollins, who obviously have not been very good this year, let's be honest, but without them... The Packers' corners were, uh, uh, geez, uh, drew a blank. Ladarius Gunter on one side, Dimitri Goodson on the other, Micah Hyde in the slot. Matt Ryan destroyed that group 28 out of 35, 288 yards, three touchdowns. Obviously, Goodson's on IR, and, you know, Lord only knows what the Packers are going to do here. I mean, Randall. If Randall took a step forward against the Giants, he took a step back against Atlanta. I mean, against Dallas. Rollins hasn't been playing well to begin with, but he's missed the last two games with a concussion. Part of me thinks that maybe Rollins might be a better matchup against Sanu than, than Randall. But you, mean, you, you need someone who's going to be physical against Sanu. And, man, Randall just has not shown any desire to be physical at all this year. I mean, he was... That's what you liked about him last year. Is his physicality, man. I remember talking to, to Joe Witt about his tackling. I thought, yeah, I really like his tackling at corner. And that just has not shown up all year. And the guys had so many injuries. It was, uh, what, what are you going, I can't even keep track anymore. I know he missed the six games with the groin. That's why he was out for this game. Or the Atlantic, the first Atlanta game. Um, there was a shoulder injury in there. And then a knee and a foot. I believe that's what it is. It may, that may or may not be the proper order. I've uh, I've lost track. My apologies. I hope you understand. So, they, obviously, they get that strained out. Here's Atlanta. Atlanta's number one corner in that game was Marcus Trufant, a Pro Bowl guy 
considered one of the maybe not one of the best young corners, but certainly one of the better ones. A really good player. You always get the size, the speed, everything you'd ever want. He's an IR. And Atlanta coach Dan Quinn announced yesterday uh, on Monday the defensive end lineman Adrian Claiborne won't play because of a uh, biceps injury. Claiborne is their best D lineman other than Vic Beasley. But go back to that first game, Claiborne, two sacks against the Packers, including one with Green Bay just getting close to field range to start the second half. It was a third down play, and they punted. Obviously, you look back at a 33-32 game, that, that play looms large. One guy who will play wide receiver Julio Jones He's been dug for a while with a foot injury. Jones obviously is great. That's uh, no, <laughs> there's no cutting around that. He did a 300-yard game against Carolina earlier in the year. 300 yards by a wide receiver. Even with the foot injury against Seattle last week, six catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown, including according to Pro Football Focus, four for 39 and one touchdown against Richard Sherman. Now Jones is hurt early in the Green Bay game. He finished with just three catches for 29 yards against Gunter with some help from Clinton Dix. Here's Falcons coach Dan Quinn from Monday on Jones. We'll limit him throughout the week. Then as the week progresses, we'll get him a little bit more at the end. That's the plan from last week. That'll be the plan moving forward for us. He's excited to play. If your business would like to speak directly to Packers fans, then listen up. If your company is interested in men between ages of 18 and 54 then you can be advertised right here in this show. Our audience is 97% men, and 79% of our audience is between the ages of 18 and 44. And better yet, recent surveys show that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to consider purchasing products they learn about from podcasts, and 60%, given equal price and quality, prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. And I know this is your favorite podcast. Don't lie. Our rates are reasonable. And our listenership has really, really grown here. So email me at packwriter2002 at Yahoo, and I'll give you everything you need to know. Once again, packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for more information. All right, second down. You might have heard about the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Here's the tale of the tape here. Ryan led the NFL with a 117.1 pass rating. Rodgers fourth, 104.2. Rodgers, 40 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That I just say, touchdown and interception rate of 5.7. They ranked 3rd in the league behind Brady and Prescott. Ryan, 4th at 38-7 and seven for a 5.4 touchdown interception ratio. The last 6 games of the regular season, of course, this coincides with Green Bay's winning streak to end the year. Rodgers, number 1 in pass rating, 121.0. Ryan, number 2, 120.8. Touchdowns. Riders number one with 15. Ryan number two with 14. Interceptions. Rodgers, zero. Ryan third with two. Yards per attempt. Ryan first with 9.03 yards per attempt. Riders second, 8.34. Only in completion percentage do one of these guys not finish first. Ryan was second at 72.9. Riders fourth at 71.0. Hot. Hot, hot. Checked out ESPN.com for the podcast. And a couple of really good statistical notes from ESPN Stats and Information here. Out of the pocket in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers, 14 out of 17 
220 yards. The rest of the playoff quarterbacks combined, 19 of 46 for 200 yards. So Rodgers at 220 yards has thrown for more yards than every other quarterback in this playoff field combined in these playoffs. Went out of the pocket. Just let that sink in for a second. (laughs) That's unbelievable. And out of the pocket touchdowns during the regular season, Rodgers tied with Jameis Winston for first with 13. And that included three against Atlanta. Everyone's talking about Rodgers being the hottest quarterback on earth, and he is. But um, Matt Ryan's not too far off. He's kind of slipped under the radar here. In his last five games, he's had a pass rating of at least 120 in every one of them. Not even Rodgers can say that. That is unreal. And while Rodgers is making magic out of the pocket, Ryan makes his magic by going deep. Uh, According to the Falcons' um, pregame package, a pass is thrown longer than 20 yards. Ryan, 29 out of 58 for 1,099 yards, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. And incredibly, it's a pass rating of only 135.4. I actually thought that was higher. Only one out of the quarterback topped Ryan's completion rate of 50.0%. I mean, that is big time. And he's got a lot of weapons. And we'll get into those weapons here in, in a second. Um, and it showed up in, in Ryan's yards per attempt of 9.3. That is the second best since 2000. Kurt Warner in uh, 2000 had 9.9 yards per attempt. I remember Rodgers, when he won the MVP in 2011, he was 9. Point, I want to say 9.22. And beyond Warner, that was, I think, the third best in NFL history, if I recall. So that's, that's the kind of rare air that... Uh, that Ryan is in this year as far as making big plays. And that's part of the Falcons' big play offense. A league-high 89 plays of 20-plus yards and a league-high 19 touchdowns of 20-plus. The Packers finished fifth in both of those with 70 plays of 20 yards and 11 touchdowns. And as I mentioned, it's not just Julio Jones. Ten Falcons had at least two touchdown catches. That is the most in NFL history. It takes us to third down and some notes from the NFL preview stuff that I found were interesting. I'll pass it along here to you. Actually, this first one is my own research. Rodgers coming off back-to-back games at 350 passing yards and multiple touchdowns. That is the first quarterback in NFL history to have 350 yards, multiple touchdowns, in back-to-back playoff victories within the same postseason in NFL history. So there's a lot of stuff going on there, but that's the rare error there. 350 yards, multiple touchdowns, back-to-back wins. And as a pass in, uh, his career pass rating is in the playoffs is 100.1. That is the fourth best in NFL history. Bart Starr is number one there. Rodgers last week completed a 25-yard pass to five players, Devonta Adams, Geronimo Allison, Randall Cobb, Jared Cook, Richard Rodgers. What I found was interesting is Rodgers had one 25-yard pass total against the Cowboys that first game, and that was a 25-yarder to Jordy Nelson. I mean, you look, Adams was at 32. Allison, I think, was at 30. You know, Cobb, I think, was at 26. 
So, I mean, he made some big plays on the field, and that was lacking. Some stuff on Atlanta. Falcons, 540 points. Led the NFL, one of the best in NFL history. Including uh, last week's playoff game. Atlanta has scored a touchdown on its first possession in each of its past seven games. And then that is the Packers' formula of winning football games. You jump on the other guy right away. And then you kind of, you know, it's, to use a Mike McCarthy phrase, you're, you're playing downhill then, where you kind of dictate things a little bit. And when you're Atlanta and you score that many points, you are putting the pressure on the other team to keep pace. And teams with pressure on them to score tend to make mistakes. So that is really the Green Bay way of playing football is you take the lead, you turn your defense loose, you kind of make it more of a one-dimensional game, and then you, you know, get a turnover. Atlanta's plus 11 in turnovers. So then you get a turnover, and then you score again, and then it's really, it's really on. And Ryan against Seattle last week. Remember when Seattle had a good secondary, by the way? 26 out of 37, merely 70.3%. 338 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 125.7 pass rating. And as I mentioned the last five games with ratings of 125, 14 touchdowns. No interceptions, 131.8 pass rating. So for all the headlines Riders is getting, and he certainly deserves them, Matt Ryan's probably hotter if you take a, you know, a smaller sample size than Rodgers' last six and eight game, six regular season games and eight total. If you just limit it to the last four, Ryan is the hottest quarterback on earth. And he, look, he, I mean, he's going to win the MVP, and, and rightfully so. During the regular season, Ryan... Through a touchdown pass to 13 players. That's also the most in NFL history. Remember, I told you a minute ago with uh, two players with, or uh, excuse me, 10 players with at least two. This is 13 with one. That's also a record. Julio Jones, the only player in the NFL, and this is amazing considering he's been beat up all year long. The only player in the NFL this season to average 100 receiving yards. He averaged 100.6. So Green Bay actually held him to far, far less than that last game, but he was hurt. Jones tied for a team lead with six receiving touchdowns and added one last week. The player to watch in Atlanta's defense, Vic Beasley. And he will go against Packers right tackle Brian Balaga, not left tackle David Bakhtiari. <coughs> Excuse me. Beasley, 15 and a half sacks. I believe he was the eighth pick in last year's draft. Packers had a few pro bowlers with, with Rodgers and... Uh, God, I'm drawing a blank here. Oh, yeah, Rodgers, Lang, and Clinton Dix. Atlanta had six. Beasley, kicker Matt Bryan, running back Devontae Freeman, who we'll get into in the Matchups podcast tomorrow. Jones, center Alex Mack, who they signed in free agency this offseason, and Ryan. All right, fourth down. I got some tail of the tape here stuff. I have a story up at PackReport.com. You can see all this. It's a free story. Just kind of picked out some stats that I think are interesting. First of all, Atlanta is six and three at home. I don't think that's that great. Green Bay five and four on the road, so you know, I think it'll be a lot of talk about the noise and home field advantage. This will be Atlanta's last game in the dome before they move into their uh, to the new stadium next year. But six and three, certainly not invincible. Packers have won eight in a row. Atlanta's won five in a row. Games against common opponents, not much of a sample size here. Green Bay two and zero. Oh. They beat Seattle and beat Philly. Um. Atlanta, Atlanta split against Seattle 1-1 one and, one and lost to Philly. 
Games against playoff opponents. Again, advantage Green Bay here. 7-2. 2-0 uh, against Detroit. 2-0 against the Giants. 1-0 against Houston. 1-0 against Seattle. 1-1 um, against Dallas. 0-1 against Atlanta. Um, did I get that right? Hang on. I, I'm looking, I, I screwed up my own chart here. I'll do that again because I just caught my mistake. 2-0 against Detroit. 2-0 against the Giants. 1-0 against Houston. 1-0 against Seattle. 1-1 uh, against Dallas. That adds up to 7-0-1 oh, against Atlanta. So there's your 7-2. Boy, got my own research here and I screwed it up. Um, Atlanta went 3-2. They beat Oakland. They beat Green Bay. They split against Seattle and 0-1 against Kansas City. Quarterback rating, I have to mention that before. Rodgers is fourth at 104.2. Ryan first at 117.1. If you go to opponent quarterback rating, Green Bay 26th at 95.9. Atlanta 22nd at 92.5. So this is great quarterbacks against bad defense. Just how bad are the defenses? Points allowed. Green Bay finished 21st at 24.3. Atlanta 27th with 25.4. So Atlanta has the worst defense. Total yards, Green Bay 22nd. Atlanta 25th. You know, passing defense, Green Bay 31st. Atlanta 28th. You know, situational stuff, basically a draw on third down. Green Bay 24th at 41.2%. Atlanta 26th at 41.8%. Red zone defense, Atlanta the worst in the league. So, in turnovers, Green Bay finished sixth at plus eight. Atlanta tied for fourth at plus 11. And finally, I did mention this at the beginning of the podcast the Packers signed a cornerback yesterday, veteran one at that, Benny Benwickery, who started a total, if you could, the 2014 playoffs. In three seasons with Carolina, 2014, 2015, and the start of 2016, he started a total of 16 games. He started all four games he played in this year. And then he was victimized for the bulk of Julio Jones' 300 yards in a loss against Atlanta. And the Panthers cut him. They didn't demote him. They cut him. He spent about a month in at Miami. Um, didn't play any games there. Um, they got cut, um, I think, November 3rd or something like that. Green Bay picked him up yesterday to the practice squad, not to the regular roster. Um, you wonder if this is just a kicking of the tires of a guy I presume they probably liked before that draft. Or you sign the practice squad, and if you win this game, you see if you get him coached up for these for the two weeks between um, the championship game and the Super Bowl. So you got some depth for the, for the Super Bowl because, look, you're facing Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger. You're going to face teams that are going to throw the ball no different than a yard here on Sunday against Atlanta. So another cornerback would certainly be helpful. And you know, no offense to Josh Hawkins or uh, or Waters, Herb, Herb Waters, but they haven't played. I mean, Hawkins played 15 snaps against the Cowboys by necessity, but I mean, he's an undrafted rookie. Until that, he'd played one snap since week three. And, and of course, Herb Waters was the former college wide receiver, just got moved to cornerback at the start of the regular season. So there's no experience behind the uh, behind Gunter and the off-injured Randall and Rollins. So maybe Ben Wicker could help you out there. Again, look, you're not getting all-stars off the, off the uh, street free agent list this year, but the guys played, 
And he's played in playoff games at the top of that. So I think a good move by, by Ted Thompson. I mean, I've been harping on this for a couple months. I had, I remember an eight-minute rant I had on this topic, you know, three about three weeks ago, that they're going to go in the playoffs with Herb Waters as their emergency cornerback. So good move by Thompson. We'll see if this pans out or if he's forced to play or if they actually need him should they get to the Super Bowl. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.